Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe Biden really wants uh, heads to roll. They got to get somebody on something, and it looks like they did. All right, we got one guy who called people bad words. Is that what this is all about? Cut 30. A determination was made that one agent acted in an unprofessional manner by yelling, denigrating, and offensive comments regarding a migrant's national origin and gender. Hmm. That's, uh, that's what Joe Biden was yelling and screaming about? Oh, wait, there was something else they did wrong. One of them, let's see, you know, they were not whipping anybody, but they were twirling their little, uh, they're a little, what are those things called? The reins. They were twirling the reins. Well, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. Uh, it's not in the guidebook. Cut 29. OPR's review of the Horse Patrol Unit's training documents did not reveal any specific guidance on twirling. Of- uh, oops. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I am, oh, boy, 70 seconds late. Uh Oh, boy. And everybody knows it. Um, everybody. Uh, you folks at home don't know it, but everybody at the station is giving me dirty looks. And, uh, ooh, also some people are gleeful. Ooh, he's in trouble. Anyway, probably deserve it. Uh, my my mistake. I have, I've got a, a three-minute commute, and I only gave myself two minutes. I actually have a place across the street, and I got responsibilities over there. Anyway, all is well. All is not well with America, of course, but, oh, the Republicans are not doing their messaging very well. I keep hearing these little nerds out there saying, oh, the Republicans are just not, no, 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 I'm not hearing enough. Forget about messaging. Messaging, you know, Americans feel it again in their bones. We know what's going on. You can't, you can't fool us with commercials you can't fool us with this silly raid of Mar-a-Lago. You can't fool us by hassling Bernie Kerrick and all that stuff or Donald Trump. No way. We know what's happening, and uh, we're going to we're going to take this country back. I really feel it. I do. I feel it so strongly. You know, the political experts telling me around the clock that our Dr. Oz is not running the uh, the best campaign, and 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 Vance Vance in Ohio, he's got big problems. And I'm not, you know, Herschel Walker could be far more eloquent. Shut up. This race is a, a referendum on Joe Biden and his allies who have ruined this country. Clearly, they are intent on ruining this country. You see what happened with the consumer price index, inflation again, food prices. We haven't seen a food spike like this since 1979. Jimmy Carter. You know what happened to Jimmy Carter, of course. He got spanked. In one of the worst electoral routes this country has ever seen. Uh, So I am just, I'm very bullish, actually, 
Is that the right word? On the future of this country. Yes, they are sinister people, and they will lie, they will cheat, they will steal. Will they rig? Will they rig once again? Probably. You know, I hear these journalists all the time coming out and saying, they just come out and say President Trump lies when he talks about the election. No, he does not. And you know what? You don't have the technical ability to say that. You do not know, and quite frankly, I don't think anyone knows, um, how many votes were legally cast. I have grave doubts about the fairness of the election. I do. And I know that some of the votes definitely were illegal in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, for starters. Now, can I prove that Donald Trump actually won the election, that he got more? No, I cannot. Because the data, the uh, number one, I don't have the technical expertise. Number two, I'd have to spend about six months on it full time. What we need is I don't want to say a commission, and I don't want to say the Department of Justice. They can't be trusted anymore. Sooner or later, history, whatever. We're not going to know it, but they should not say what they're saying. I heard, what's that guy's name? Pierre Thomas, who used to be a a pretty straight reporter for ABC News. President Trump lies when he says the election was stolen. No, you cannot say that. And you you can say factually, President Trump says that the election was stolen. But there you are sitting, fat, dumb, and happy. You, Pierre Thomas, and your cronies in the fake news saying, decreeing what these people, gosh, why why go into journalism? Just sit there and tell us what's true, what's not. How do you know? How do you know? Did you go to Wisconsin? Did you look at those ballot boxes? Did you find out how illegal they are? I don't think they did any of that stuff. Nobody wants to work. They just want to sit around and shoot their mouths off. Uh, that's easy. That is easy. But the actual, you know, and governance, governance is a pain in the neck. Nobody wants to govern. Look at Kamala Harris. She just loves getting on and off planes. Literally, she loves getting on and off Air Force Two. Did you see my show last night? I played this great footage. (laughs) She has a personal aide with the Twitter account. All day long, she just puts out pictures of Kamala Harris on Air Force Two, getting off Air Force Two, getting on Air Force Two. And that's what so many, you know, that speaks to, doesn't speak to us. It doesn't speak to the American people. We know that the vice president gets a jet. That's not interesting. We know that. That's been the case since, well, when when was the first president uh, uh, who got a jet? Uh, Was it uh, Kennedy? Eisenhower. No, FDR. FDR, actually. I don't think they gave the vice president. Anyway, it's been a long time, and we're not impressed, Kamala Harris, and we're thoroughly unimpressed with you still digesting that um, uh, interview she had with Chuck Todd, where she comes right out and says, uh, I mean, to me, quite frankly, it sounds like she's on some sort of drug. It does. People don't like it when I say it. But how else do you describe this? She's totally out of touch. You and I can watch TV. We can see it. Forget about what the commentators are saying. We know that there's no security at the border. They're coming in. And she actually looks at us, the American people, and tries to say this with a straight face. But even she can't keep it. Cut 33, please. Cut 33. We have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Huh? (laughs) We have a secure border in that what? It makes uh, virtually no sense at all, none. And uh, but that's okay. I'm not. 
I don't feel bad. I don't. I just feel like the American people, they know it. They get it. I think the New Yorkers do, too. New Yorkers. Lee Zeldin is looking very, very good. Even Democrats, prominent Democrats, are coming out to support him. Ruben Diaz Jr. Um, is he a councilman still? When I knew him, he was a councilman. I think he might be a state senator at this point. Ruben Diaz Sr. actually is the father of Ruben Diaz Jr., who's a Bronx Borough president. These guys are Democrats, and they're coming out for Lee Zeldin. A couple of other members of the city council are coming out for Lee Zeldin. This guy could do it. He could really pull it off. Kathy Hochul has miscalculated gravely. She should have been running like she's 10 points behind, not pretending that she was elected governor uh, th- four years ago with an overwhelming mandate. She wasn't. Uh, remember, Andrew Cuomo picked her because she's crummy, uh, mediocre, and we're seeing that. That's so funny, the the footage of her walking through a Belmont Park surrounded by, like, 80 cops. <laughs> 80 cops. And, hey, I told you the other night, I got creeped out twice. Some guy following me, tried to follow me into my building. It was so weird. It was so weird. I'm seeing things that I have not seen before. Uh, and there's this overall tension. The tension. People are looking at each other with hostility. Where did that come from? And these homeless people, it's... Uh, yeah, no, if you want more of this, of course, by all means, vote for Kathy. But nobody, nobody does. Even the liberals, deep down, the liberals. And you know what? A lot of these liberals are freaked out by the woke stuff. They really are. Um, a lot of liberals, by the way, happen to be white. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one thing to say on Twitter or to say at a dinner party, oh, I'm a white guy, I've done well enough, it's time for me to stand back and, you know, just let other... And, you can say that, you can virtue signal, but on a Monday morning when it's time to go to work or you're in a meeting at work and and, and since you're white, you got to shut up uh, or treat people in like this, according to a, a new world order of thought and speech, it gets really thorny. I know some liberals who are not cool with this at all, and um, we'll see what happens, of course. Here's uh, – all right. September 11th, how long ago was that? Two days ago, the 21st anniversary. But this is the stuff that I that just drives me crazy. Likening September 11th to January 6th. What happened on January 6th was so bad, so bad, it's right up there with September 11th. Cut 20. Today is September 11th. It was 21 years ago that we were attacked by foreign terrorists. Not quite 20 years after 9-11, the Capitol came under attack from domestic terrorists. Domestic, right? Same sentence, same sentence. And on the Meet the Press show, they had about uh, seven or eight mentions of January 6th on September 11th. And one of September 11th. I think you just heard it, actually. Cut 21, please. On January 6th. And those top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago. Have you thought about, uh, have you thought through the scenarios that you might face on January 6th, 2025? That is, um... That is what we're talking about when we think about January 6th. Well, you couple that with people who hold some of the highest elected offices in our country who who refuse to condemn an insurrection on January 6th. Uh, that's a, <laughs> it's pretty pathetic. What they are trying to do is distract us with Mar-a-Lago, with January 6th, but we know the score. And if you don't, if you've become oblivious to it with the marijuana and the Netflix uh, shake it off, all right? Put that crap down because it's a bridge to nowhere. 
And just remember these three simple words, liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Liberal plus chaos equals Biden. They're trying to, oh, again, razzle, dazzle us with all of this nonsense. Donald Trump, existential threat to democracy, January 6th, more hearings. They can't get away from Biden. The B is for border and no control of it. We have a report here. 600 people, 600 illegals came in in one hour through one uh, area of the border. Illegal crossing, 600 in one hour. By the way, did you hear about that woman in California who had her head cut off? Some guy walked up to her unprovoked with a machete. Turns out he was here illegally. Illegally. So the border is a mess, and that's on Joe Biden. You can't escape it. Inflation, completely out of control. This is so beneath us. Disunity. He said he would be normal. He said he would unify us. I see he's celebrating the... Uh, Inflation Reduction Act, Uh, the one-week anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act passage, something like that. And he puts out a tweet, not one Republican voted for it. Um, That should tell you something, number one, but that was what you were supposed to be good at. In fact, I have him during the campaign uh, bragging about how good he was. Um, let's see here. Uh, Joe Biden saying, uh, do I have that or not? Uh, let's try this one. Uh, mm, cut 20. No, this is Joe bragging about Bo Biden. You can't tell Joe anything about military affairs. Did he go to West Point? No. Did he go to the Naval Academy? No. The Coast Guard Academy, the Air Force Academy? No. Uh, did he ever serve in the military? Nope. Uh, what did he do? What's so special about Joe? Here it is. Here's his answer. Here's why he told generals to uh, sit down and listen. Cut 26. Like so many military families, thinking of the loved ones who served, we think of our son Bo today. My deceased son Bo served in Iraq for a full year. My son Bo served in Iraq for a year. My son Bo served in Iraq for a year. I'm the first president in 40 years, I'm told, who had a son or daughter who served in a war zone. So it became just a, a talking point for him. A, a, you know, he bragged about um, his military knowledge because of Bo. This is not a guy who, by the way, is really capable of logical argument or anything like that. He's a bully. He's ignorant. Uh, he talks about lucky charms and rabbit's feet and stuff like that. That's That's his God. That's what he really believes in all these good luck charms. He's got a whole bunch of it. If you've met anybody who's ever talked to him about faith, he breaks he breaks out the rabbit's foot. He's got a special rabbit's foot. Well, um, people were trying to talk sense to him, like General McKenzie. I was pretty hard on General McKenzie. He was the CENTCOM commander during all of this. Uh, General McKenzie is now a civilian. Should be a message for all the other generals who have been going along with it when it comes to Joe Biden They will use you. They will spit you up, chew you up and spit you out, they say. Here's General McKenzie now telling his side of the story. Cut 27. McKenzie believes the military alone shouldn't take the blame. I think the U.S. failure in Afghanistan was not the failure solely of the U.S. military, although we certainly bear responsibility for that, but a whole-of-government approach that simply failed. A whole-of-government approach that simply failed. Well, that would be... um, 
Who's in charge of the whole of government, Joe? It was one man. It was one man. You know, a lot of the bureaucracy, they loved Afghanistan. They loved the contracts. They loved, you know, the uh, interminable, uh, never-ending war. They loved it. It was good for business. It was Joe who wanted it over by September 11th, 2021. And he got it. And the Taliban got their country back. I'll be right back. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Babies are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm a little worried right now. She only seems to know the word helicopter and cake. Very fascinating child indeed. How are you? Call 800-972-2222. Wait, 800-972-2222. Shoot, what the hell's the number? 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Did I just give my personal number out? Uh, all right, 800-848-9222. Uh, are you over the queen? I made it quite clear that I enjoyed her message, especially emphasizing her Christianity over the years, but uh, every little detail about the movement of the coffin, this is... Uh, This is distracting everybody from what's really important. Cut 35. At 10 o'clock this morning, Queen Elizabeth II began her final journey. From her favorite home, Balmoral Castle in the Scottish countryside, the Queen's cortege traveled to Edinburgh, where she'll lie in rest until Tuesday before moving to London. Hundreds of thousands are expected to pay their last respects. After a state funeral on Monday the 19th, Queen Elizabeth will be laid to rest alongside her late husband, Prince Philip, at Windsor Castle, just outside London. Did she say Monday the 19th? All right, it is Tuesday the 13th. That is a long time from now. Do you know John F. Kennedy was shot on a Friday and they buried him on a Monday? Um, this has gone, this is kind of crazy. Uh, we love the queen and all, but this is a, a little bit too much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, oh, keep your eye on on this, if you don't mind. Oh, we already talked about Lee Zeldin. You got to give him money. You know, I heard Bill O'Reilly. He's one of my mentors and one of, uh, I, I consider him a friend. He made a beautiful, impassioned case, and he's been doing this for a bit now. If you vote for Kathy Hochul and you don't vote for Lee Zeldin, your life, your personal quality of life, your personal safety will will be affected. He said the same thing with Joe Biden. I mean, I was I was pro Trump for a whole bunch of reasons, but I never I don't think I ever boiled it down to you will be harmed if Joe Biden wins and now we know we have all all been harmed um with this invalid in the White House. It's very upsetting, but I'm kind of jazzed about what could happen next. Hey, this is the mayor of New Orleans. Her name is Latoya Latoya Cantrell, and she just got busted for uh, flying first class everywhere on um, and charging the city. 
Now, she's supposed to make up the difference. When they fly her somewhere, if she wants to fly first class, she's supposed to pay for that. But she didn't, and now she says, uh, that's your fault. Cut 39. Uh, All expenses incurred doing business on behalf of the city of New Orleans will not be reimbursed to the city of New Orleans. One thing is clear, I do my job, and I will continue to do it with distinction, with dignity and integrity every step of the way. And so that's what I have to say on that. Well, LaToya had a bit more to say earlier, and she said as a black woman, she needs her safety uh, protected, and it can only be protected in the first-class cabin on international flights. I don't know what she's talking about, but she actually has put this out, official statements. Why is the mayor of New Orleans going to the south of France anyway? Why, why does that happen? You know, New York City mayors, by and large, except for Eric Adams, who uh, went to West Africa for who knows what reason, I, I, I've done all the traveling I want to do. I really have. I don't care to see much of anything else. I've been all over the world. Um, I have. I've been to Africa. I've been to uh, Asia. I've been to uh, the Middle East. I've been to Europe. I don't want to go anywhere else. It's a hassle. It. Uh, I can't stand sitting on planes. Even though I'm a pilot, I hate sitting in the back. What else? I don't want to. The jet lag is too much. I, uh, where else have I been? Oh, I've been to Australia. I haven't been there since I married an Australian, but I don't want to go anymore. When I become mayor, if I become mayor, if I actually run, and if I run, I know I can win. I know I can pull this off. I won't want to go anywhere else. I mean, not as a promise. I'm just telling you, oh, by the way, I don't like traveling. I think that's something you get out of your system when you're younger. I mean, one thing I've never done is I've never been on a cruise. I've been on aircraft carriers, you know, ships of war for months at a time. I always thought it would be nice to go on a cruise but I'm told that, the I don't know, it's it's not good. It's certainly me. It's basically an opportunity to eat and all that stuff. Oh, there's the music. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, just for a moment. Today's edition of uh, Baby Talk. A little conversation with my daughter. You know, she seems to love me more than her mother. <laughs> my... My wife is, is kind of the disciplinarian. I'm Mr. Nice Guy, although, you know, when I got to get involved, I get involved. I straighten things out. And um, But listen to this. We're having a little conversation, and then and then Mob walks in. What do you want to see? I want to see a cake. What kind of cake? Um, sprinkles on it. Sprinkles? I see a sprinkles head on the ice cream. Sprinkles on ice cream, too, huh? Uh, I see ice cream. How many scoops? Two scoops. Two scoops. Other than food, what do you like? I Elmo ice cream. Elmo ice cream. Here comes oh, mom. Here comes mom. Yes. You do it, mommy. Yeah. No. Oh, sorry. Did you hear that? She said, "I don't like mommy." <laughs> I know she loves mommy very much, but in time, you know, when it's time to change or go out or do anything, sometimes she's just in a, she's in a certain mood and she doesn't want to do anything. Um, kind of like Joe and Jill Biden, you know, they hate going outside. They hate having to do the duties of their job and they hate being confronted with the crazy stuff they said over the years. So, uh, well, they've worked it out. So they're never confronted. They were able to say whatever the hell they wanted during the campaign. Nobody ever calls them out on it. 
In fact, they cover up. They pretend that Joe Biden did not call for the defunding of the police. When, ladies and gentlemen, he absolutely did. In the heart of Black Lives Matter, he's talking to this guy. He, you know, he sounds like, um, who was that uh, scientist, the astrophysicist who, you know, spoke like this? He had that robot voice. Who was that guy? Um, Stephen Hawking, right? He's got one of those sound machines on because I, I, he has ALS. So you'll hear him. He's a great guy. I think his name is Addy. And uh, but here's Joe Biden signing up for uh, defunding the police, which is taking funding away from the cops and giving it to social services. Cut 28. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that do we, we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, absolutely. Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, absolutely. What other nonsense did he say when he was desperate for the liberal vote? Um, Cut 29. Uh, Most people should not be in jail. Cut 29. The fact of the matter is that what's happened is that we're in a situation now where there are so many people who are in jail and shouldn't be in jail. The whole means by which this should change is the whole model has to change. We should be talking about rehabilitation. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime. Nobody should be in jail for nonviolent crime. That's a hell of a lot of people. Bernie Madoff was in jail for a nonviolent crime, right? Hey, there are a lot of January Sixers. Even the Horns guy is in jail for a nonviolent crime. Now, you can tell he's literally making this up as he goes along. Do me a favor. Play the first. See how much time he kills as he's trying to figure out what the hell he's actually going to say. Cut 29. The fact of the matter is, the matter is what's happened is that happens is, we're in a situation we're now in a situation where there are so many people there are who so are many in people jail and shouldn't be in jail. The whole means by which this should change is the whole model has to change. We should be talking about rehabilitation. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime. All right. The fact of the matter, the situation we're in now, what I'm really trying to say is all of these kind of verbal filibusters that he does as he's trying to figure out what he's going to say how he's going to say it, because uh, talking, strangely enough, for a guy who's talked all of his life is not really his thing. Then he gets in office and he realized nobody wants to hear uh, defund the police. It's a losing uh, slogan and it's a losing policy. So he flip flops. Cut 30. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Fund them. Fund them. The, the problem for cops, quite frankly, has not been a lack of money. It's been a lack of respect. It's not defund the police that was so noxious. It was delegitimizing the police. All right. And Joe, you yourself personally don't seem to have much respect for cops. Yeah, I know you give it lip service sometimes, but if you really listen to Joe, he does not respect them. He doesn't really respect anybody. He thinks we're all schnooks. Um, he can't understand anybody who has to actually work. You know, got that job when he was 29 years old. His whole family has been able to cash in, not do any real work. But listen to what he thinks is going to happen when somebody threatens to commit suicide, jumping off a building. Who should you not call? Cops. Because I guess cops are going to just show up blasting everybody. Is that what you think, Joe? Cut 31. Why is a police officer showing up to the suicide threat someone trying to jump off a building? We need more social workers there. Again, 
This is a man who has no skill, no knowledge, has nothing to offer. That big, goofy smile, which is really a mean, nasty smile, if you look. He doesn't smile with his eyes. He smiles with those great, big, phony teeth of his. Cops should not be showing up. Well, here's the problem again. These people who threaten to jump off of a bridge or a building, um, number one, it's dangerous up there. We all agree, right? You got to talk them down. And police have training in that, by the way, especially emergency services cops. They have training in that. Um, But what if one of these guys changes their mind and decides to come in? Then it becomes a rescue operation, and that can be very tricky. I showed a bunch of pictures last night. Ropes, pulleys, cables, nets. That takes skill. You know, social workers can focus on social work in the cubicle or whatever, okay? That's fine. There's a place for that. I don't think social workers see themselves hanging off the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and he will never, ever, ever walk in anyone else's shoes. I, For a guy who talks about empathy a lot, he's the one who lacks empathy because all of his toxic rhetoric, his disrespect, it all trickles down. And the cop on the beat has been confronted with this, people mouthing off and not obeying their lawful orders. Cut 32. Get in the car. Dude, I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? Do you have a license? Who would? I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? What done? Hands on your butt. Hey, hey, stop on. Stop on. What's going on? How many occupants are in your vehicle? It's only myself. Why are your weapons drawn? What's going on? Open the door slowly. Step out. Open the door. I'm not getting out the vehicle. What's going on? Get out of the car. So... We've given them the moral high ground. People who are pulled over by police, you don't have to comply with police. They're racist. They're systemically racist. You uh, you should not. You have rights here. And of course you have rights. But is it prudent to argue with police officers, to defy them? Of course not. And people have gotten themselves killed. Uh, one guy in Michigan, uh, the video sequence I showed last night, Killed by police when he struggled. Both, you know, maybe police shouldn't carry stun guns anymore because I see that criminals are grabbing for their stun guns all the time. If you grab a cop's stun gun, you, um, you're you going to get shot most likely. You can't do that. That is a, um, that's a, that's a weapon of lethality, a certain level of lethality. If you immobilize a police officer, you, then you can take his gun. It's incredible. They have arrested police officers involved in each of those three sequences. I know you couldn't see them, but basically it was cops issuing lawful orders and being defied openly. And that's what Joe Biden, Democrats, and especially the media, they have encouraged big time. Hey, keep your eye on Lee Zeldin, of course. Also, plenty of candidates out there who are fantastic or really talented. Carrie Lake in uh, Arizona, she's running for governor. Even the fake news realizes she's probably going to win. Cut 40. I came away believing Mark Kelly is stronger than I thought, and so is Carrie Lake. Right. And it, it's being on television, as she, Carrie Lake, being a former TV anchor for, what was it, 20 years? Yeah. There is a sense from voters that I know this person and whatever is being said about them and attack ads, et cetera. Well, maybe that's true, but maybe it's just politics. She can't be like that because 
she's been in my living room for the last 20 years. So she has a benefit there. Yeah, that's Amy Walter, the pollster. She seems to really hate it that the people can make up their own minds and not listen to them. But that's the way the system works. And uh, I'm really happy that it looks like Carrie Lake is probably going to win that race. Um, Our military is woker than ever before. Really dangerous. I mean, incredibly dangerous. And good people are not signing up for military service anymore. We already had a big problem getting enough qualified recruits. Now, uh, forget about it. And General Milley is probably more responsible than any person since Benedict Arnold for this destruction. Uh, cut 41. Now, this again is okay. This this message is fine, but the problem is he's so wildly inconsistent. Listen to what he said the other day. Cut 41. We are all Americans, regardless of where we came from, what our last name is, regardless of the color of our skin or the religion we follow. doesn't matter if we're male or female. None of that matters. We are all Americans. Beautiful. The problem is, when he's uh, doing his job day in and day out, this is the message he gives to the troops. Cut 42. Be inclusive. Make a commitment to seek out and surround yourself with those who don't look like you, think like you, and who come from different backgrounds. Specifically, reach out to junior officers and enlisted members whose background is different than yours and, and mentor them. You know, you're not supposed to be looking for things like that in the military. It's about the uniform. What brings us together was our decision to join the armed services and the regulations that we obey. But this crazy woke stuff, diversity, equity, and inclusion, seek out people who don't look like you and mentor them. Hey, be honest. How many of you have actually been mentored by anybody in your entire life in a professional setting? You know how rare that is? I happen to be a white individual. I'm trying to think of the have anybody in my entire career, including my time in the military, ever pulled me aside and said, you know what, young man, you may want to think about this. You may want to think about that. You may want to try to do more of this. You may want to try to do less of that. It's happened once that somebody initiated it, sought me out, and that's Roger Ailes. Happened to be another white guy. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you, Mr. Ailes, the late, great Roger Ailes. Now, there was another time in my career where I sought somebody out, and I had a few questions for them. Uh, Steve Craig, an anchor at my first TV station, News Channel 34. I was like, uh, <laughs> how do you do this? And he's like, do more of this, do less of that, try this. You do that well, you do this crummy, work on that. Great guy. Just told me everything he could. Now, there's another guy I went to. I wish I remember his name. It was a long time ago. It was 1993, 1994. I was having a tough time, pardon me, learning how to fly formation, how to fly my jet airplane close to another jet airplane. It was freaking me out. I mean, when you're flying in, a, uh, in an airliner, there's no other plane near you, right? You're by yourself. That plane, so you had to fly six feet away from another plane. It was totally unnatural. And we had to do it at night. We had to do these crazy maneuvers. We had to do loops. And I was not getting the hang of it. So uh, I didn't want to necessarily tell the instructors all that, how overwhelmed and confused I was by the process, because I just didn't want them looking at me funny. So I sought out somebody who had done all that stuff, a former F-14 pilot who had retired. And 
anyway, I said, look, I'm having trouble with this. Do you have any secrets? How do you figure this out? He had a lot of secrets, and he had a lot of tips, and he told me everything he knew. And such a great guy, former F-14 pilot in Meridian, Mississippi. Don't remember the guy's name. Met with him maybe four or five times. I don't think I would have made it through the flight program if it was. But that's it. My entire life. Three guys. Twice I initiated it. Once it was initiated by me. Mentorship does not happen all that often. It's happening not much at all. Everybody's just worried about themselves. Too much so. And now we're going to make it happen even less because, oh, you should only be mentoring those who don't look like you. Ah, yeah. Uh, what does that say about cohesion, unity, unity, unity? What about unity? Hey, Mark Kelly, he's an impressive guy. I like him. He's a Democrat, and I want him to lose his Senate seat in November. He's a former astronaut. He is now a United States senator. And I guess, like a lot of Democrats, he can't really account for Joe Biden, and they put it to him. What's going on with Joe Biden? Do you think he's doing a good job? Cut 44. Your thoughts on his job? Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, I, you know, I... You know, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. (laughs) Hey, you know, uh, (laughs) a lot of Democrats are squirming like that big time. Uh, Hey, Howard Stern, I'm a big Howard Stern fan. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was going to play this. Is he getting on Donald Trump's case? He should know. Look, I love Howard Stern. Hey, speaking of mentors, I would call Howard Stern. Howard Stern's given me some key advice over the years. Now, I think I agree with half of this, but not the other half. Cut 17. It's weird traditions and everything, and I'm like, Jesus, enough with the queen. I mean, it's America. We don't have a queen. I get it. You know, queen was a nice lady, I guess. She was born, you know, my whole life, the queen has been the same queen, and uh, it's a tradition there, and she did her duty to her country. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we got to get back to Trump and where those papers are that they found at Mar-a-Lago and... And uh, you now don't like they're the saying distraction of the queen. <laughs> All right. I don't know if Howard was serious about that. I know he's not a big Trump fan. Uh, I'm going to have to let that slide. I have a lot. Of, look, I've got some friends who don't like Trump and uh, they're free to feel that way. I disagree. I disagree very, very much. But uh, I can't. My job in life is not to straighten everybody out. You know what I mean, Joe? Hi, Joe. Where are you? New Jersey. What's up? Yeah, I was um, calling about the um, the Leaving Neverland. I watched it today. Okay, you talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the Leaving. Yeah, I I I found it very believable. Yeah, you're talking about the, the kid, leaving... the guy, the guys who accuse uh, Michael Jackson of uh, molesting them. Yeah, I I found it incredible. I found it like as in lacking credibility. Uh, those two guys are out to make a buck. I have no doubt whatsoever. And I think most people agree with me, and they could not move the needle on Michael Jackson. They couldn't. I think Mike, that, that's, it, there are so many problems with that story. I could go into it, but nobody else has seen the documentary. You know, do you remember the scene where the woman says when she found out Michael Jackson died, she gets up out of bed and she starts dancing? Remember that? Yeah, that was stupid. Well, it was, mean, also, it was, also, it was also impossible. She said she got up. It was seven in the morning. Well, Michael Jackson died in the uh, in the afternoon, even in California time. It was like 1 p.m. That's when the word broke. It was like lots of lots of inconsistencies, lots of problems. I mean, what are, you, what are we going to do? It's a dozen years ago. He's been dead. I mean, what's your point? Well, my point is that that, you know, had his grandmother on the HBO thing, his brother, uh, not his brother, his sister, his father committed suicide. 
I mean, you would you whose I father just, committed suicide? One of their fathers committed suicide. Who? Who? One of the uh, one of the accusers? Yeah, one of the two men. Are you going to blame Michael Jackson for that? I'm saying you would do all this for money. I, wait a second. I, the the father committing suicide is neither here nor there. And uh, yeah, I think people would falsely accuse for money. Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. I've seen it done. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. These U.S. attorneys um, are employees of the federal government and they're political appointees. Um, The president is elected. The president appoints an attorney general. That attorney general must be confirmed by the United States Senate, a majority vote, I believe. And then um, U.S. attorneys are appointed. Generally speaking, home state senators might have some involvement in the nomination process, but it's up to the president to nominate a U.S. attorney. They serve at the pleasure of the president. And I do believe, actually, the president is the uh, is the chief executive. He can call up. You know, they, they, they try to make politics a dirty word. Oh, it's politics. It's politics. Politics connotes, to me, um, democracy, right? Political power derived from the people. And if Donald Trump wants to call up a U.S. attorney and shoot the breeze or say, I think you should go easy on this guy or I think you should go hard on this guy, I think he's allowed to do that. I'm just looking it up in the Constitution. It doesn't say anything, actually, about U.S. attorneys. <laughs> it doesn't specifically mean they get these jobs and they think somehow they work for themselves. Everybody has a boss, except possibly this guy Berman, B-E-R-M-A-N, Jeffrey Berman, who was the U.S. attorney for about a year and a half under um, Donald Trump. And I think like everybody else, he saw money to be made and opportunities in being obstinate, in being an obstructionist, in standing up to Trump. Look at me. I'm a hero. I'm standing up to Trump. Who was the other guy? Preet Barara, right? I mean, who the hell? I mean, here's a question. Who's the U.S. attorney right now for the Southern District of New York? Hmm? Anybody know? Right. I didn't think so. His name happens to be Julian Williams, something like that. One of those, uh, one of those names. But most people don't know. It's been a long time since Rudy Giuliani was U.S. attorney, you know, and everybody he was a household name, household name famous. These guys come and go. But how did you make a name for yourself? Well, um, you know, working hard to investigate, get a conviction. That's hard work. But sticking it to Trump, <laughs> hanging up the phone on him, uh, going out with a blast, that's easy. And then uh, there's money and fame and all kinds of fun to be had. Right, Preet? Right, Jeffrey? These U.S. attorneys. I got to talk to Rudy about that. Man, what a what a great guy in, 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 in every way. And that he's so accessible, by the way. You know, he's around. And that's fabulous. Hey, Viviana in Brooklyn, yes? Thank you, Greg, for um, taking my call. I love your show. I love your enthusiasm and your faith. I'm calling because I found out this morning that um, all this coverage for the Queen Elizabeth 
is doing exactly what you said, giving them cover, giving the Biden administration cover for doing some more nefarious stuff. From uh, what I understood is that on September the 9th, and this has been reported by Steve Bannon uh, to uh, the War Room, uh, Charlie Kirk's show, that they raided 35 more um, MAGA um, uh, people in their home. This is getting to be outrageous. And well, I don't know if there's a way to recall Merrick, Merrick Garland, but this is crazy. Well, he should be impeached. I have not been able to verify that 30, that number 30. But remember, part of that also is to obscure the real issues. Inflation, crime, border, all that stuff. But you're on to something. I'll be right back. Stay with me. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah. Yeah, Viviana. Uh, Viviana in Brooklyn. So the raids, I have not been able to figure out. I haven't seen any raids. But, of course, we know about the subpoenas that have been flying around. Dozens of subpoenas. And they're picking on Trump people. This should be sending the fake news into uh, overdrive if they were at all fair, into hysterical frenzy, actually. Remember when Donald Trump said, hey, you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden was, I think his son works at Burisma. And, you know, they were trying to turn off that investigation over there. You may want to look into that there, uh, President, President Z, Zelensky. And um, they impeached him over that. Now, this is... (laughs) This is far beyond anything Donald Trump was alleged to have done. This looks, this is uh, getting pretty dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And more and more people are telling me that they are going to try to indict Trump on something. Can you imagine that? Are they that afraid of him? I guess they are. I guess they are. New York's New York Times Justice Department officials have seized the phones of two top advisors to former President Donald J. Trump and blanketed his aides with about 40 subpoenas in a substantial escalation of the investigation into his efforts to subvert the 2020 election. People familiar with the inquiry said on Monday, the seizure of the phones, coupled with a widening effort to obtain information from those around Mr. Trump after the 2020 election, represents some of the most aggressive steps the department has taken thus far in its criminal investigation into the actions that has led that led to the January 6, 2021 assault on the Capitol by a pro-Trump mob. You know what you really got to look into right there? Three things. Who was the little cop who waved people in? Why were the cops standing by as people walked on into the Capitol? And uh, let's uh, find out more about Ashley Babbitt. All right. You know, when all is said and done, you know, it's things got out of hand, but nothing was really broken. Seriously. Uh, nothing was burned. Nobody other than Ashley Babbitt was shot. Huh. The extent of the investigation has come into focus in recent days, even though it has often been overshadowed by the government's legal clash with Mr. Trump and his lawyers over a separate inquiry into the handling of the presidential records. That and the Queen's funeral. Federal agents with court-authorized search warrants took phones last week from at least two people. Boris Epstein, an in-house counsel who helps coordinate Mr. Trump's legal efforts, and Mike Roman, a campaign strategist who was the director of Election Day operations for the Trump campaign. You know, by the way, when you uh, get picked on by the federal government, 
It's expensive. <laughs> you got to hire a lawyer. Cash Patel says, and he did nothing wrong, uh, it cost him in the end $200,000 in legal fees. If they can't convict you, they will bankrupt you. I'm looking at the coffin now coming off a transport jet in the UK. It's interesting. And I'm looking at her coffin right now, held up by eight military pallbearers. You figure they would put the Union Jack, the British flag, but it's, I hate to nitpick a funeral, but it's some flag I've never seen before. It's maroon and yellow, and it's got lions on it. What flag is that? Over there, I think the Windsors, they have their own personal family flag. Is that how it works? Mr. Epstein and Mr. Roman have been linked to a critical element of Mr. Trump's bid to hold on to power. The effort to name slates of electors pledged to Mr. Trump from swing states won by Joseph Biden in 2020 as part of a plan to block or delay congressional certification of Mr. Biden's electoral college victory. Uh, Number one, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, all this stuff is legal. Okay, it is. Just like when Jamie Raskin... The Democrat nutjob impeachment leader from Maryland, when he got up to object to the election of Donald Trump in 2017, on January 6th of 2017, well, he he sought to delay. He sought to overturn. But it's okay when Democrats do it. It really is. It's, it's a crime. And actually, oh, by the way, it was okay when Democrats tried to do it. It was. I didn't agree with him, but it was their right. There was a legal um, mechanism that they could carry that out, and they, but they weren't successful. The difference was with Republicans, they were successful. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, I'm sorry, Jeffrey Epstein, um, the Democrat congressman from Maryland could not get a senator to join him. But Ted Cruz was able to or join forces with Paul Gosar, and you needed a House member and a U.S. senator, and you had to put it in writing. And then it was off to the races. What happens next? Well, look at the Electoral Count Act. It gets complicated, but we believe the vice president had the power to send those votes back to the state capitals. And what a wuss Mike Pence turned out to be, huh? He's got a new book out. It's coming out in November. It's a Please Love Me uh, kind of attempt sent to the New York Times. Please, my name is Michael Pence, and I know I have a conservative bearing, and I talk about uh, my faith and all, but I, I really just want to be liked by, by Democrats and, and the media. That's that's really what he's all about. Uh, he did not know that Don, that Joe Biden's speech last week was a horrific mess on America, it took him. It took him seven days to muster the courage. First, I need to know what everybody else thinks, and then I need to find out what Donald Trump is saying, and then, and then I'll chart a path which will enhance my political chances and offend the least number of people possible. How's that for a Mike Pence impression? I know it needs uh, it needs some work. Where's my Mike Pence? Ah, here we go. Cut thirty-four. I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. 
We'll hear the evidence. That was a great big tease, by the way. You know what we could find out about January 6th? Why the hell did you jerk everybody around? You made it sound like you were possibly ready to do something about, I mean, do something, not just not just hear the objections. We'll hear the concern. We'll have our day in Congress. You know, when he said our day, that was a, that was a clue to me that he was not going to do anything. When he said day. Because I knew at that point it would take a hell of a lot longer than a day. It might take a week. might take two weeks. Hey, by the way, look at the hearse. Look at the, it's like the Pope Mobile. It's, I've never seen a hearse like this. It's all glass. The Queen, and Charles was riding in a similar bubble car. Did you notice that? He, it had like the highest windows. Those windows go up like six feet. And the little compartment for the coffin is lit. It's lighted. Oh, you know what that is? I've never seen one. It's a Jaguar. A Jaguar hearse otherwise known as a Jaguar. But I understand people in Britain say Jaguar. I said, that is a pretty damn cool car. Could I get one of those cars? Minus the coffin? It actually looks pretty, It damn. Anyway, shouldn't be, um, I'm not being irreverent. I mean, what the hell else am I supposed to do? I'm not there. It's on three TVs right now. I've just never seen a hearse by Jaguar. And that was must have been what Charles was driving around in as well. Um, so Mark is standing by in Pat- Patchogue. Hello. Hi, Greg. Yeah. Uh, hi. Uh, sorry, I I wasn't expecting you to call me. Uh, call me so quickly. What's up? Uh, I you I'm know what? Uh, yo, did you just call? I mean, I'm going to put you back on hold. I'm sorry. Put put him on hold. I didn't realize. Uh, oh shoot, we have this little queue here. Got people who've been on hold for 58 minutes, and I picked Mark, who had only just called in. Christine has been on hold for 58 minutes. Excuse me, Christine. Hello. Hi, Greg. How you doing? Terrific. Uh, you mentioned yesterday about uh, we don't hear as much about 9-11. I saw a video by the Young American Foundation. They went to um, George Mason University, and they were talking to the students. Those students didn't know much about 9-11. They didn't know al-Qaeda. They didn't know about the heroes of Flight 93 because it's not being taught in their schools uh, growing up as kids to, before college. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's take a step back. All right, so somebody who's just getting to college now in the fall of 2022 means they were born, oh my gosh, they were born in 2004. Isn't that wild? 2004. That's 18 years ago. So it was three years before they were even born. Um, I mean, we knew the basics about Pearl Harbor. Um, look, what, let me ask you something. Young Americans, was it somebody just going around campus and stopping people, asking them things like Jay Leno used to do? Was it one of those deals? It was Young American Foundation. I know, but did, probably a conservative group. I know, I know, but did they go, did they do that methodology, just going up to people randomly on campus saying, hey, what do you know about 9-11? Right? Yeah, they did something like that. Uh, yeah. You know what? That's kind of a cheap stunt. I've seen it done a million times. You find anybody on a sidewalk, you ask them what their name is, they're going to struggle. They're just like, the camera gets in front of them, everybody gets deer in the headlights. I don't know. Do we have any, who's the youngest person we got around here? How old are you, Kevin? I'm 24. 24. So you were born in 2000. Um, 1998. 
Oh, well, that was good, yeah. <laughs> how's that for math? All right. So you were three on September 11th, but you know the gist of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Were you taught in school? Yeah, I do. But yeah, also, even like that kind of thing, are you necessarily taught in school? I mean, we kind of know that. We pick up things in general. You don't feel like it was censored or kept from you, do you? Not necessarily, no. I Did you like... go to one of those woke schools? No, you went to a regular school. Yeah. Public school, yeah. Regular All right, public so Christine, school. I don't think this stuff, you know, I, again, I like those guys, the young Americans, whatever, but you know what I'm talking about with that stunt. And they go around, I've seen liberals do it, conservatives do it, and they always make people look like jerks, and they don't know anything. And I know a lot of people don't know much, but I don't like that technique. Fair enough? Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Very good. Thanks. Thank you, Christine. Congrats for your new car. Thanks. Thank you, sir. <laughs> One other. Matt is in New South Jersey. Yes, sir. I want to talk about Howard the Coward Stein. Hey, uh, stop that. He's no coward. I love the guy. Leave him alone. So what? He disagrees with us politically. It doesn't matter. i tell you what. You should love him. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Here's a guy who... Uh, humiliated disappear people with disabilities. He became a multimillionaire. Humiliated black people. Wait a second. A now hold on a second. Now he didn't humiliate. When, are you talking about when he picked on Stuttering John? I mean, no, I love that. No, and John no, was I'm, totally. No, he, he, uh, John was just, totally involved in it. Do you, are you talking about the time he had that that uh, girl in a wheelchair on the show and he got her to take her top off? That was funny. It was absolutely funny, and the girl in the wheelchair had no problem with it. Listen, Howard has brought joy to the lives of many, many millions of people for a long time. And if we want to put on our woke goggles, like I feel you're doing, Matt, right now, and review you know, his 40-, 50-year career in broadcasting and say, oh, that wasn't nice, and oh, that wasn't politically correct, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'm just not going to do it. And I, you know, let's face it, you probably chuckled at a lot of those jokes along the way as well. I know he's changed his uh, his routine a little bit. That's his right. It's America. It's a free country. You don't have to listen to Howard. When the meet, I don't. When the Me Too, I don't like him attacking Donald Trump when he was a friend of his. He backstabbed him because the Me Too. I, you know what? Hold on a second. I don't think he backstabbed Donald Trump because you know how do you backstab a guy when you're saying it right on the radio? I mean, that's not exactly backstabbing him. They were friends. I wish they were still friends. But look. Donald Trump does that to some people. You know it. I know it. He's not everybody's cup of tea. Not everybody. And it's a free country. That's the way Howard feels. And uh, that's okay with me. Uh, I happen to disagree. But so what? Howard Stern is one of the greatest broadcasters in the history of broadcasting, period. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I mean, I can't believe that guy, Matt, was so upset at Howard Stern. How can you be mad at Howard Stern? He brought us, I mean, seriously, my mother and I, we used to laugh like crazy. Uh, now, I don't know if my mother's caught any of these bits, but they were some of my favorites. Let's see here. Lesbian dial-a-date. I like that a lot. Out of the closet, Stern. That was funny. U.S. Open Source. Anything with Baba Booey. And on and on and on. And some really great long-form interviews. Um yeah, all right. If you've got a beef with him, i got a beef with you. Keep it to yourself. And, uh, yeah, I understand he's no longer a Trump fan. That's fine. Uh, you know, it happens. i uh, I got plenty of friends who uh, don't like Trump. I mean, quite frankly, not that many, but I do have some. I've lost plenty of friends who do not like my uh, alliance with Trump. I have lost plenty. I thought, what do we say? Are people social distancing from us or just distancing, my wife would wonder. 
out loud. Turns out that some people were just distancing, and that's fine. Hey, the Queen thing is getting totally out of hand, all right? The Queen's coffin en route to Buckingham Palace. Now, when did she die? Was it Thursday or Friday? It's a couple of days now, and there it is. They got helicopters up. They've got, uh, you know, part of this is talk is cheap, and you then again, you got to fly all these reporters over there to London, Scotland, you name it. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, we talked about her faith yesterday, and she was bold and strong and, you know, said that it made the difference for her. Uh, let's see here. Cut 37. We'll do this once. For his family's tree, he chose an angel, helping to remind us that the focus of the Christmas story is on one particular family. For Joseph and Mary, the circumstances of Jesus' birth in a stable were far from ideal. But worse was to come as the family was forced to flee the country. It is no surprise that such a human story still captures our imagination and continues to inspire all of us who are Christians the world over. Despite being displaced and persecuted throughout his short life, Christ's unchanging message was not one of revenge or violence, but simply that we should love one another. Although it is not an easy message to follow, we shouldn't be discouraged Rather, it inspires us to try harder, to be thankful for the people who bring love and happiness into our own lives, and to look for ways of spreading that love to others whenever and wherever we can. All right. Isn't that nice? I think that's beautiful. Good for her and uh, a wonderful, a wonderful example. Too bad that, well, Charles did not follow that example. Andrew as well. You know, you'll notice a lot of the royals had all kinds of problems, right? But um, but she she was always the rock. She always kind of had it together. Hey, I read a story today. Do you know that the royals, I mean, Charles himself gets a salary? He gets uh, well over a million dollars a year, and he's now inherited a lot of money. And he's, here, let me, let me read this to you. It's uh, from the Times. King Charles III built his own empire long before he inherited his mother's. Ooh, clever. Charles, who formally accepted the British throne on Saturday, spent a half century turning his royal estate into a billion-dollar portfolio and one of the most lucrative moneymakers in the royal family business. While his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, largely delegated responsibility for her portfolio, Charles was far more deeply involved in developing the private estate known as the Duchy of Cornwall. Duchy? Over the past decade, he assembled a large team of professional managers who increased his portfolio's value and profits by about 50%. The Duchy of Cornwall owns the landmark cricket ground known as the Oval, lush farmland in the south of England, seaside vacation rentals, office space in London, and a suburban supermarket depot. Huh. A duchy is a territory traditionally governed by a duke or a duchess, by the way. The 130,000-acre real estate portfolio is nearly the size of Chicago and generates millions of dollars a year in rental income. Man, what a cush. What a cush job. As king, Charles will take over his mother's portfolio and inherit a share of this untold personal fortune. 
While British citizens normally pay around 40% inheritance tax, King Charles gets this tax-free, and he will pass control of his duchy to his elder son, William, to develop further without having to pay corporate taxes. Now, what is up with that? All right. I don't understand it. I don't know what they get out of it. I uh, I like the queen. This seems crazy. Uh, the next major pot of money is the Duchy of Lancaster. This $949 million portfolio is owned by whomever sits on the throne. Wow. No wonder we formed our own country, you know? We couldn't stand for any of this stuff. We could not. Uh, Nancy in Rockaway, what's the problem? Hi. Hi. I'd like to know why no anger is shown towards the non-taxpayers that we have to educate and we won't give college students a break? Tax-paying citizens? Wait a second. Now, who do you want me to be angry at? The Well, I haven't heard anyone direct any anger. All the anger goes towards the tax-paying college students who are getting a break. They pay taxes, but we, everybody turns their eyes and doesn't look at the ones we're having to educate who just got here and haven't paid a dime of taxes. You mean illegals? Anybody, yes. Anybody you, well, <laughs> have you watched cable news uh, for 10 seconds in the past 10 years? I listen to a lot of There is a lot nobody. of fear. The people are furious with the illegal situation. We have no border. Yeah, but then I don't hear it from anybody that I respect. Nobody. It's all the college students, the college students, the college students, and why them? They pay taxes and illegals pay nothing. Wait, 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 college students pay taxes. What do you mean? They're barely making any money to begin with. No, look, the giveaway by Biden is a big problem. And the illegals, that's another problem. And uh, <laughs> all right, I'll try to be more angry for you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This congestion pricing thing, is this really materializing? Uh, now that it, I mean, I wasn't taking it seriously. It just seemed like it's so far-fetched. The Bloomberg administration, they were pushing for congestion pricing. I didn't think it would actually happen. Now it looks like there's a real chance in Kathy Hochul, and this is an opportunity for Lee Zeldin to push back like crazy. Uh, congestion pricing. The nerve of these people to charge us 25, 30 bucks to drive streets that have already been paid for. Uh, no. Tolls are supposed to be around to basically once the bridge is built, once the road is built, that's it. You got to find other revenue streams to maintain these damn things. And I don't think we should pay for these crummy roads. Do you? Uh, no. Uh, you know what it's going to do, actually, and people are starting to note, notice this. It's going to hurt low-income communities. Now, I would say probably one of the wealthiest areas in the city is south of 61st Street, wouldn't you, right? Manhattan, New York City. Uh, So where are the cars going to be? Uptown, Harlem, the Bronx. They will see an increase in traffic, huh? Once again, the outer boroughs get screwed. Hey, look at this. The National Pulse. If you ever wondered how swampy the swamp is, it's pretty swampy. Biden quietly loosens tech export rules to Chinese communist firms just days after Hawaii lobbyist brother joins the White House. The White House quietly loosened Trump era restrictions on the sharing of U.S. technology with firms blacklisted for their ties to the Chinese Communist Party, 
including the controversial Hawaii. Remember Hawaii? The National Pulse can report. This is Raheem Kassam. He's very, very good. The Commerce Department's Bureau of Industry and Security issued a revision to a Trump-era Export Administration regulation, newly authorizing the release of certain technology and software for the alleged purpose of standard-setting and development in standards organizations. Hmm. The move, which applies to firms that have been blacklisted by the U.S. government, was advertised as addressing confusion over whether American companies need a license to share low-level technology with sanctioned partners. Notably, Hawaii Technologies, which was included in the original export ban, as telecommunications, the telecommunications firm has extensive links to the Chinese Communist Party, will now be able to receive certain technologies from American companies. Let me get to the part where, um, where the brother gets involved here. Let's see here. The news comes after months of wrangling by Hawaii lobbyists, those of whom include leading anti-Trump and pro-Biden individuals such as Trump impeachment supporter Stephen Binghack, and the brothers of both Biden advisor Steve Ricchetti and newly minted Biden climate czar John Podesta. John Podesta was Clinton's chief of staff as well. Indeed, Reuters reported earlier in 2022 that the Chinese communist-linked firm had paid Podesta's brother Tony a whopping $1 million to represent the firm's interests with the Biden White House. That is disgusting. That is disgusting. The Chinese communist firm paid Podesta's brother, Tony, $1 million to represent this Chinese company's interest with the Biden White House. Hawaii is also listed as a partner firm of the World Economic Forum. I've had my doubts about those guys for a long time. What a bloody swamp. How disgusting is that? Um, What are we going to do? What do we do? What are our options? You know, clean house here. This is actually one of the reasons why I'm opposed to term limits. I know they stick around for a long time. They're mostly self-serving, but theoretically, they still work for us. You know what I mean? The bureaucracy, the bureaucrats, the lobbyists, they work for themselves and they work for money. And if there are term limits, if our politicians come and go, I think, quite frankly, we should lift term limits on the president of the United States. Those seem unconstitutional to me, even though they pass a constitutional amendment. I think we need to pull that one back. All right, Mark, now it's your turn. You're in Patchog. Hello. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to ask, where are the creative Republican commercials? I mean, they have so much fodder to work with between inflation and crime and the border and all the woke stuff happening in the schools. I mean, they could just run an endless loop of libs of TikTok. And, you know, like here we're talking pretty much to ourselves on this station, people who who are on the right. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. 20 percent of our uh, audience is uh, Democrats. 10 percent is independents. But keep going. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying I know so many people who are completely clueless about What's happening? They're, they're just All right. Your question is, where are the creative Republican ads? Well, one place you can look is Twitter <laughs> and look at the Republican National Committee. They have been putting out some fantastic, fantastic material. Uh, I mean, really cutting edge stuff. Just start following a couple of uh, people you like on Twitter who lean right and you'll see it. You'll be 
thrilled and amazed at the stuff that they're coming up with. Most of the hot stuff, the really good stuff is online. Now, I will agree with you when it comes to TV commercials, I think they stink both from the left and from the right. They're overdone, you know? They're just overdone. Lee Zeldin doesn't like children. You know, I mean, just too much with the black and white footage. And they're very cookie cutter. You know, it's the same ad. I think it debuted in like 1997, and they keep using it. They like the black and white, uh, you know, they add the black and white effect to make people look sinister. And I think it's too quick. The most effective ads, actually, in my opinion, Ronald Reagan and Ed Koch, they sat and talked straight to the camera and made their points. And sometimes they needed a minute, not 30 seconds. So that's my answer, Mark. There's creativity out there. As far as the TV commercials, both sides, I fear, are mailing. Well, I don't care about the Democrats, but there is some mailing it in and some cookie-cutter stuff going on. What, are you in the advertising Uh, business or something? No, I'm just, I'm not seeing any Republican commercials. Well, what do you watch? What do you do? What do you, I mean, what are you looking at? I, I quite I frankly, I don't sit around watching much TV these days, to be honest. Do you? I mean, the, like, like I'll watch the mainstream media news in the morning, you know, just just to be, be aware of what happened overnight. And, and, you know, I see the Lee Zeldin, the anti-Lee Zeldin commercial. I have not seen one anti-Kathy Hochul commercial. Well, you know what? He's having a problem in the money department. And, Mark, I'll tell you this to you and anybody else out there who wants to see more of Lee Zeldin on TV, those commercials. Although, remember, these commercials only do so much. They really do. I mean, people are smarter than the consultants, than the political class, than a lot of people in media give them credit for. I've always found these commercials to be cartoonish and totally overdone and stupid. I mean, I don't, I've not seen one commercial. I know exactly who I'm voting for. I figure out you do, too, probably. I understand there are other people out there that they want to target, but uh, those 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 ads are crummy. They are uncreative. But if you want to see more of them from the guy you like, you got to give money, Mark. Mark, be honest. Have you made a contribution to any of the candidates you like? I haven't yet. All right. I, I, well, I do want, it. I wanna, do it. I do want to donate to him. And honestly, I tried to Google that, how to donate to him, and... And I had a hard time finding out how to do that. Oh, gosh. You know what, Mark? Give me a break. All right, come on. You figured out how to call into the radio station. You can do that. You can do it. At LeeZeldin.com, just go there, and there's a big tab. It says Donate. Let me see here. Lee Zeldin. uh, I'm going to go to his Twitter first. And let's see. Does he have a – does he have – yep, ZeldinForNewYork.com. Now I just clicked on that. And let's see. The very first thing it's thinking about it – Join Team Zeldin today. I can give him my name. I can give him all that stuff. Sign up for text alerts. Let's see. Where the hell is the don't? Let's text this to Lee. Uh, yeah, dude, this is this is pretty easy. This is pretty straightforward. Right at the very top, it says donate. And you can't figure that out. Come on, Mark. You know how to do that. You're making excuses. Be honest. You're making some excuses, right? I, I Googled it. You Googled honest, it? I, I mean, I'm saying you Googled it. This, when I Googled it, a, a, a Kathy Hochul thing came up first in the Google results. Well, all right. So you, we, we, know you about, we know about Google. You know who runs Google? Those big tech lefties. Okay? Big tech lefties. But let me try Googling it. I mean, come on, dude. You sound kind of smart. 
I Googled it, and it took me to Kathy Hochul. I couldn't find Lee Zeldin on the Internet. All right, here you are. You're a big critic. You know, this ad's not good enough. They're not good enough. But you can't figure out how to get to Lee Zeldin's website. I want you to go there, and I want you to contribute like crazy. Please, think about it. Thank you, Mark. Yep. Goodbye. Uh, I'm sorry, but there are kinds of, you know, people with all these, all, all kinds of advice, all kinds of observations, and they're not getting up to bat. And how do we get up to bat? Throwing them a few bucks here and there. You know, it's, it's like Lee Zeldin's got to go to Mark's house and ring his doorbell and, like, you know, fill out the form for him. I Googled it. Come on, man. You know how to get things done. I Googled it once two weeks ago, and it didn't work out. I'm off the hook, huh? I don't think so. I don't think so one bit. Lee, we're counting on you. Lee Zeldin for governor, 2024. Hasn't happened since George Pataki in 1994. Man, I remember that. I remember what they were saying about him, too. Oh, sacrificial lamb. Oh, no chance. No chance. He knocked off Governor Mario Cuomo. The man people thought being president was a step down for him. Three terms. Kathy Hochul's been governor for what, three months? Give me a break. This should be easy. Easy. Natalie in uh, Setauket, yes. Hi, Greg. How are you? All right. What's going on? Oh, just the usual stuff. I am calling because you were talking about um, the queen and all this and and the coverage. And I think this, yes, it's covered however much they cover it in England. That's their business, and I have no problem with that. But I think that our media is making um, a good use out of this because if you think about it, there's only so many weeks left until the midterm elections and Governor Hochul's election. So now think about how much time they're going to milk this for as long as they can to cover this nonstop around the clock. It takes everybody's eyes off the ball. They, whatever Biden is doing, whatever's going on with Hochul, is not going to be front and center because we're going to pay attention to the queen. I have not, no problem with her. She was, I think, I see her as a very historical figure. She stood right alongside Winston Churchill. She stood alongside Reagan. She stood alongside Trump. All these years, I find her to be a very historical figure. And as I said, I have no problem with the coverage that they give. But I think our media is making good use of this. Good use of this in terms of uh, distracting from the election, right? Yeah. Well, all right. Now, look, I wail and moan and complain about the media a lot, but it's quite frankly a bit of a sideshow. You know, the media, the media are the media. All right. They've always been opposed to Republicans. All right. Every single major election of my lifetime, they they were for the Democrat. Republicans managed to win. All right. I mean, it seems sometimes more significant than it is what they're talking about. You know, what they're focused on at any given moment. Number one, I think fewer people than ever are focused on what the mainstream media is saying, right? I mean, we have other avenues. We have other ways to get information. We do. We don't have to rely on uh, Peter Jennings or who's the new guy, David Muir or any of those guys anymore to tell us what's going on. We know what's going on. And we know these issues in our bones. So I'm not going to get too discouraged I mean, I can get worked up and frustrated, but, you know, the issues that I've mentioned, you know, remember, what's the, what's the acronym? Liberal plus chaos equals Biden. You, you can't erase those with some queen's funeral, you know? We feel them in our bones. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not as uh, pessimistic as you, 
All right. The media are going to do. I'm not being pessimistic. I'm just pointing. I believe that there is great hope for Lee Zeldin to be elected to the to the governorship because sometimes I talk with my husband or whatever, even my son, and we discuss some of this stuff, and they say, "Oh no, no, this is such a a liberal state." Blah blah. blah. And I said, "Yeah, but Governor Pataki got elected. You know, this it can happen. It can happen. It can happen." Hey. One other thing, and I'm not going to defend the media here, but let's face it, they always go overboard for all things royal. I mean, remember when Diana died? All right? I mean, that was that was off the charts, all right? Three weeks, you know, every, it shut down. When Diana got married, I mean, I still remember that. I remember that. Don't you remember that? It went on and on forever. Um, this this stuff does this. They do this. This is what they do. They overdo it. Uh, they talk and talk and talk about nothing you know, they it's just it's just what they do. But this has the added benefit of taking everybody or they think takes everybody's eye off the ball. Uh, so let's not get too worked up about it. Let's get out there and vote. And like I told that Mark character, let's give to our favorite candidates. All right. Ten bucks, 20 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever you got, whatever, whatever you can spare. I think it's I think it's a very noble cause. And I haven't done it since the 1990s. I'm doing it this time around. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, do you know who Jason Bin is? Jason Bin, um, I've known him for on and off for, I don't know, maybe 15 years. Really nice guy, big in the publishing world. And I've always gotten a good sense of him. I've always liked him. I think he's a good person. And uh, guess what? He was arrested uh, earlier this year for allegedly groping a young girl. Well, guess what? He has been cleared of all charges, okay? Looks like it was, uh, let's see here, the New York District Attorney's Office dropped the charges against Jason Bin that he groped a 16-year-old female relative last winter. After he was exonerated, the luxury magazine publisher said the allegations were part of his ongoing Divorce battle with his wife, Haley Lieberman Bin. He was arrested in June for allegedly groping the buttocks of a 16-year-old girl after a family dinner at the New York City restaurant Cipriani on Valentine's Day last winter. Uh, well, I remember when this happened, June, gosh, three months ago, and I just it seemed totally ridiculous, made no sense at all. And uh, he says this, I hope no one ever has to go through this nightmare uh, Bin and Lieberman separated in 2016 after 12 years of marriage and began divorce proceedings in 2020. The two have two girls and one boy together. As to the future of my relationship with my children, I will continue to be the best and most loving father a man can be, Bin said. Uh, let's see here. Well, uh, and let's see. Uh, well, good for him. He's uh, He didn't do it. And I think he had a big target on his back because of this... Uh, well, I don't want to say anything else. I'll just leave it at that. Jason Bin, I know. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Good for him. All right. So where does that leave us tonight on the Newsmax show? We will go through uh, the distortion campaign and we will go through the truth, mostly focus on the truth, because as they say, it will set us free. I'll spend less and less time critiquing the mainstream media. There is a there is a time and a place for that. But it is becoming more and more of a sideshow, rather irrelevant. Nobody's really focused on what they say anymore. I think it needs to be addressed and confronted from time to time, especially when they lie and it's so easy to catch them. But sometimes when you play that game, 
you you're reacting to what they say instead of proactively putting out your agenda what you think is important it's one of the reasons why they went after Trump at Mar-a-Lago right so we'd have to spend all of our time reacting defending uh what they did instead of <laughs> making this election about what it's really about a referendum on Joe Biden and it, when it's a referendum on Joe Biden Joe Biden and the Democrats lose and they lose in spectacular fashion. All right, so I got to wrap it up in a moment. Liam in the Bronx, yes, sir. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Yeah, no, I was calling about this comment on the uh, congestion pricing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. They say the only thing that they say that comes out of a study is that the cross Bronx is going to get worse. The cross Bronx is the gold standard for traffic jams. It should be world-renowned, the traffic jams. You could push your car down the Cross Bronx faster than you could drive, okay? And as far as I hear, it's going to be uh, $27. Why not make it 500 hey, Why not make it 700 Why? What is it with the Cross Bronx Expressway? Why is it always backed up? I'm going to tell you why. Even when there's no accident, it's backed up. You know what? I drive down. I've been doing it for years, and I didn't come to the city for four years, and now I'm back coming up here, and it hasn't gotten any better. You're sitting there in the traffic for 45 minutes an hour to go nine miles, and when you get to the bridge, you expect one of these big buildings is going to be laying on its side, and there's flames everywhere, or a plane crash. You get over the bridge, and there's nothing. There's nothing. So what's I going on? The, I think the problem is it's the grades and the slopes. Quite honestly, because once you say, once the trucks slow down, they don't have, they can't get enough. They, there's not enough. The, the grade is too steep for them to get up to speed again. And once the trucks start slowing down, that's it. It's done for hours. It's oh well, thanks a lot, Robert Moses. I guess we could blame him for that. He's the uh, oh, yeah, brainiac. Yeah, yeah. I, what my cousin tells me, it's a racist highway. Yeah, I, 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 there's a lot of fake news about Robert Moses. I was only kidding. I mean, yeah, that. There's so much fake news. That's a pretty good book, but there are mistakes in that book, The Power Broker. And, you know, one of them, oh, they kept the bridges low on the Bell Parkway so they could they would keep city kids who presumably would be black and would have to take the bus to get to the beach, right? And there are idiots like Pete Buttigieg who repeat this nonsense uh, from the White House podium. Well, you can look it up <laughs> when— when Robert Moses uh, created the Southern State Parkway and all the bridges and everything else, the population of New York, it was, there were more black people in the state of Maine than there were in New York City. All right? It's, it's, it's ludicrous. All right? He was doing it. Well, anyway, I like Robert Caro, a very talented writer. There's a lot I like about him. But like any other writer, there are mistakes in that book and uh, people like Pete Buttigieg and your friend there who tries to say it's a racist bridge. They're just virtue signaling and the virtue be being, Oh, look at me. I read, I read uh, Robert Caro's book. Thank you, Liam. Uh, let's just do Barbara here for a moment. Barbara, Barbara, honey. Greg. Hi. Hi. I just yesterday drove across the cross Bronx, but now I'm out in Bedminster so I'm visiting friends, and it's beautiful. But I wanted to call because I love you encouraging people to donate to Lee Zeldin and other politicians who they favor because I am so tired of sitting around and hearing people complain and saying they can't do anything. Yes, you can. Put a check in an envelope, go on the Internet, 
send 10 $20, exactly what you're telling people. But the other piece I would add to it is then go to your children and your grandchildren and explain to them that you donated, why you donated to that person, and why you would hope that they would do the same thing if they're able to do it. All right. I will try explaining all that to my my daughter, Annalise. Do you think she'll uh, she'll get my drift? I, uh, Great vocabulary. By the time she's four, she will be coming back at you with better arguments than you have. I don't know. Let me try. Let's see here. I don't think she's. I don't think she's ready for the campaign finance talk. But Barbara, thank you so much. I'll see you tonight at ten. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.